Good evening. <laughs> okay, before we start, I want everybody just to uh, sort of loosen up, okay? Because uh, when you, when you, uh, you need to breathe. And I feel like this is not because I'm nervous, all right? Um, but <laughs> there's just something about, I, I feel like because we're like, in a very fast-paced, busy kind of environment. And so sometimes you forget to breathe correctly. All right? So I want you guys to just sit and breathe through your nose and out and let your muscles sort of, like, relax. All right? Just relax. Okay? Let's relax. I'm going to relax. All right? <laughs> okay. Good evening. Thank you. Okay. I'm breathing. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I mean, Pastor Myung already introduced me, but my name is Tina Lee, and I serve as a full-time college campus minister for Emmaus. And yeah, I have the honor and privilege to speak before you tonight and to share the word of God. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But before we go on, let me, let's, let me just pray for us, okay? Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, uh, for your thick presence in this place. And Father, I thank you that, um, yeah, it's you that we're here for. Um, it's you that we seek. And I pray that as the word goes out tonight, that it will just pierce to the hearts. And I pray that we'll just have deep conviction of just who you are and that we will seek you in deeper measures, Lord. Um, I just thank you for this time. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to first go and, and share a story, okay? So recently, I, God's been speaking to me a lot through, uh, speaking to me a lot in the bus, okay? <laughs> As I'm sitting on the bus, uh, he just started speak. he just starts, like, giving me different visions and just starts giving me, like, revelations. And there was one time I was sitting in the bus going to Yonsei, and he was like, Tina, I'm not your taxi driver. And I was like, huh? What does that mean? He was like, I'm not your taxi driver. And I was like, Okay, and he's like, you know, when you ride a taxi, um, the driver is still taking you somewhere. The driver is still taking you somewhere, but the thing is, you're sitting in the back and you're not engaging in a conversation with this person most of the time. Or if you are, it's um, you're tense because you're like, you're the one leading the driver to the destination. And God was like, Tina, I'm, your, I'm not your taxi driver. And I was like, oh snap. I'm like, I didn't even realize. I'm like, God, oh, I'm sorry uh, for treating you like my taxi driver. But God really made me think about my own dad, right? And my dad, he's an amazing driver, okay? I, I sit in his car, and I'm just filled with so much peace. And a lot of times we're in a taxi. You're not filled. You're usually really tense. A lot of times you can't sleep. You're paranoid that this person's charging you a lot. He's going through random places. He might take you like some, you know. And so you're really, really tense. And But when you're in your dad's car... And he's driving, you're at so much peace. Okay? There's just freedom. And for me, when I'm in my dad's car, I sleep whenever I want to. And I sleep very easily in a car. So once I go in, I'm like, I clock out like that. And there was one time in Australia, I was riding the car with um, past, uh, Pastor Robin from ECF. And then Pastor Aaron and Pastor Christian. And Pastor Christian looked back. He's like, you're like a bear. Right? And I was like, what? And he's like, you sleep everywhere you go. And Pastor Aaron also, she sleeps like that. And it's because we're comfortable. We're comfortable in the car, right? So sometimes you just sleep. Sometimes, like, I just sit there and I'll start singing. And a lot of times it annoys my mom, but I'll just start singing or I'll look out and be really melancholy, good melancholy. And I'll just, like, 
looking at me like, wow, God, the trees are beautiful. And I'm able to really embrace like what God has created, right? And so in the car, there's just so much freedom. I don't need to, I just can slow down and rest because I know that my dad's taking me to the destination I need to go to, right? So I don't need to be like, ah! like I'll just be like, all right, and I just go, and my dad takes me. And another thing is my dad also, he, my, my natural dad, he talks a lot. And so in the, in the car, there's also times where I'm able to just engage in a father-daughter deep conversation with my dad in the car. And there's something very special about being in a car. I could sleep better in a car a lot of times. And I could have really good conversation with my, my, my dad. And he's able to just like, I, I've had a lot of cool conversations. I've even, I've, I've even seen my dad cry in the car. And like he was wearing his sunglasses and he went, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> my dad cried. And the, I cried too because my dad cries. Um, but it's just this time of intimacy with your dad. When he's driving, you trust him and you're able to slow down and just be able to embrace his presence. And God was like, Tina, I'm the one driving the car. You just chill and relax. You don't need to know where you're going all the time. And sometimes I'm like, in the, I, was, I was sitting there and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, sometimes I'm in the car and I'm like talking about everything I need to do for God when God's right there. And he's like, I just want to have a conversation with you. I just want to know you, my daughter. Have a father-daughter, you know, quality time, right? And this really hit me to the core. I was like, oh, God. And he was just like, slow down, Tina. Slow down. Just spend time with me. Chill. Okay. And this now leads us to our passage for tonight. And I want you guys to turn to the Gospel of John 15, Verses 4 and 5. And this is a familiar uh, verse. I actually had to memorize it while in order to eat when I was in um, a retreat in sixth grade. This was the verse I needed to memorize. And then they're like, all right, you could eat now. And I was like, okay. Um, but in this verse, let's, let's just read. Is, is it open? Did you guys good? All right. I'm just going to read it to you guys, okay? Uh, John 15, 4, 5. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. All right? So I want you guys to turn to your neighbor and say, Slow down. And say it slow. Slow down. (laughs) So the title of our message tonight is Slow Down and Just Abide in Him. Okay, one more time. The title of my message is Slow Down and Just Abide in Him. This is something that obviously God has been whispering to me and sometimes gently yelling at me, yelling to me, Tina, slow down. Because my natural tendency is like work mode, work mode all the time. I'm like, ah, all the time, right? But he's like, just slow down, slow down, okay? And so I'm pretty sure you guys are able to relate, but life today is so fast-paced, so fast-paced, we can't seem to focus or slow down. 
We get easily distracted. And unfortunately, this comes to play when, even when we spend time with the Lord. And I'll admit, you know, sometimes I'm sitting with the Lord and I'm like playing my, my guitar, right? I'm just worshiping him, playing. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to now read the word. And then I start like reading the word and I get distracted. And I, I feel like someone just liked my post from Facebook or Instagram. Then I'm like turning to the side and I'm like looking at that and then putting it down. And I'm like going back to the word. I'm so easily distracted, so easily distracted. And God was just like, slow down, <laughs> spend time with me, chill. And so I feel like the word for tonight for you guys is the exact same thing. All right especially as we head towards our Sabbath months, we need to slow down and abide in him. For me, even when it came to preparing for my Sabbath, I was not slowing down. I started making a list of, of things I needed to do. I was like, all right, um, okay, I'm going to read a bunch of books I bought last winter. I'm going to <laughs> practice my guitar more and, and sound cooler, not just know one chord I don't even know what it's called, but not just, yeah, yeah. And um, prepare for May is 2013, fall 2013, because we need to start preparing. And I just started thinking, like, over just a to-do list, and then God was like, stop. Stop. You know, it's good to plan. Don't get me wrong. Planning's good. And slowing down doesn't mean be lazy, right? But slowing down, it literally just means slow down. It doesn't mean stop. It just means slow down. Give, so, breathe right? And we need to start focusing back on the Lord, back on the Lord, building relationship with him, abiding in him, make him the center of it all. Cause that's where we're refreshed. That's where we're strengthened. Verse four, it says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. In this passage, Jesus is telling his disciples to remain in him as a true vine. And I did some exegesis because <laughs> I learned it here. <laughs> but it says the imagery of the vine highlights the importance of fruitfulness in the Christian life and the truth that this simple, this results not from human achievement, but through your identity in Christ. It's pretty simple, right? It's actually really simple. You just need to be in Christ. And for most of us, we know this, yet for many of us, we can't follow through. We fail to stay in the place of just truly trusting in God, resting in him, in his presence, and abiding in him, who is the giver of life. He's the one that we're living for, right? You know, it says we are the branches. We are the branches. And did you know that if a branch is cut off from a vine, it's useless? It's useless, just in case you guys did not know. It's pretty worthless. It's now used for fuel. I mean, people that like artwork, maybe they'll make a nice frame out of it. Uh, I like cooking, so maybe I'll make, you know, kebabs out of it. I don't know. But in the end, it's useless. A branch without its vine is useless. It's just proof that we're nothing without Christ. We need him to make us something. So this brings me to my first point. My first point is slow down and get nourished. Slow down and get nourished. Setting aside time for him requires faith. Slowing down requires faith. 
faith that he will make the most of of the remaining time. So when we set aside time for him, we're saying, God, I have faith that you will use the rest of my time and make it awesome, right? And Jesus is the vine and we must remain in him. That means the vine gives us nutrients. The vine gives nutrients to the branches and without the vine, the branch dies. The best example of someone in the Bible who always sets aside time for God is Jesus, right? It's Jesus. And he's the one that put God in the center of it all. Jesus. Jesus is he's Jesus. But Jesus knew how to put God first and set aside time for him. Jesus never compromised his personal time with the Lord because of his ministry. This is Jesus. We're called to live like Christ did. Jesus says in John 5, 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. So Jesus did only what the Father did. And in order to know what your Father is doing, you need to be with him. You need to be spending time with him. You need to be in his presence. He's the one that strengthens Jesus. Jesus was strengthened by his time with the Lord. Being in the secret place. It says in Mark 1, 35, 36, it says, At rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. I want to focus on he rose early in the morning (laughs) while it was still dark. (laughs) I'm trying to wake up really early right now, okay? It's really hard. I'm trying to wake up at like five. It's really not happening, right? But for Jesus, he woke up early in the morning while it was still dark. That's saying that he probably had a packed ministry schedule before that. So Jesus was intentional in waking up early to spend time with the Lord. Man, this hit me right there. I was like, oh, like, all I'm thinking is like, I'm busy, Lord. I'm busy, Lord. I'm busy, Lord. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't be busy for me. Jesus spent time, set aside time for God. This is all the more saying we must as well. We must spend time in prayer and reading of the word. We need to nourish our spiritual bodies. And it's in his presence that we're nourished. It's in his presence that we're strengthened. And if we abide in him, the source of power comes from him. And in return, he abides in us, giving us the strength. And recently, um, actually, a lot of things God did recently. But a couple days ago, I was talking with one of my students. And I was like, my finger's really numb. Like, my finger gets really numb so easily. And my toes get numb so easily. And my legs fall asleep really fast. She looked at me like, I think you need to eat. (laughs) She's like, I think you need to eat. I think... I'm like, no, 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 I've been eating. She's like, I think you need to start eating healthy. Because my finger started, like, getting numb and tingly. And so I had to look up health articles to find out what this really meant. And it says, numbness or tingling in the hands and feet can be caused by many factors. But another, it is uh, a lack of vitamin and nutrition. There's a mineral deficiency, right? And so that it results, I mean, ultimately it results from not getting the right food in your body. 
Yeah, and I obviously I have to. I haven't. I've been trying to eat healthy recently, but before that, when you're in a hurry, you start just eating whatever. You just eat junk, and this is harmful for your body. Your fingers get numb. <laughs> your toes get numb. Right? I was like, oh my goodness, my body's becoming numb. <laughs> and from this, obviously, God gave me a revelation. Okay. In my own spiritual walk, we need to be nourished in our spiritual bodies with the word and through prayer, right? That we won't become numb and malnutrition. We need to be healthy. And that's through the word. That's through prayer. That's through spending time in his presence. That's through worship, right? We can't just eat whatever we want as, you know, children eat whatever they want except if their parents are really, really strict. Most children just eat whatever they want. They're like, I want gushers. I will eat gushers. I know. I was actually craving gushers. That's why I said it. Um, but if you think about it, we're no longer children, church. We're no longer children. We're adults. That means start eating like an adult. Start eating like an adult. We need to start eating healthy. And God, I really felt like, you know, I really feel like God is maturing this house as a whole. And mature people eat really good food, okay? Um, I mean, that's pretty vague, but I'm just saying, as you grow older, like for me, when I was really young, I hated apples. Like every time, you know those children, like someone would put an apple in front of your mouth, I would gag. Like I'd be like, because I, I couldn't eat it. My harmony's like, and I was like, Oh, I can't eat it, right? So I was like, no, 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 and then the right. So she would give me a pear, a Korean pear that looks similar, and I really like Korean pears. But then as I got older, I realized my taste buds changed, and I started wanting healthier food because I knew that it was beneficial for me. So I used to hate onions. Like I would put it to the side all the time, but now I'm like, oh, raw onions aren't that bad. And pepper, I really like pe- eggplants. I really like eggplants. Right? Because you know that it's good for you. Tomatoes, it has a lot of lysopene. <laughs> it's really good for you. Like, vegetables are great for your skin. Okay? And I'm really big on skin, right? Because, anyways, check out my blog. But, um, I'm re- food, it's good for you. You need to eat healthy. Okay? And so, I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, God's, God's calling us to eat healthier, right? Eat more. And if you think about um, healthy food, it takes time. You need to take it slow. You need to slow down. You can't be like, I'm going to eat a roasted potato in two minutes. Like you, you can't do that. You can't cook a roasted potato in two minutes. It's impossible unless it's frozen. It's impossible. Like healthy food takes time to make. It does. Healthy food takes time to make. And I personally love cooking, right? And so, you know, it, not just the cooking aspect, but cutting all the vegetables, cutting the, the, the meat, right? Cooking it, putting the oil, like it all takes time. It all takes time. And it takes time prepping it, but also it takes time cooking it. And this is in order for you to fully get the nutrients out of it. Like even healthy food, I use olive oil instead of um, butter because it's healthier, right? But there's certain things like, for example, I know a lot of Korean people, they like to use MSG because it makes things taste better, 
right? But in order to make food taste good, you need to take time to get the herbs and mix it right and take the time for the salt to, you know, marinate the meat. You can't just dump some MSG and say, all right, this is good for you because you're the top of your, the roof of your tongue, I mean, not your roof of your mouth gets numb. It does. It really gets numb. And so you need to take time when you're cooking healthy food, your body tells you everything, people. Okay? Your body tells you everything. So when you cook food, you need to be healthy. Like, you need to take time. You need to take time. And and I know a bunch of us at New Philly, even staff, we're doing this crazy work it out thing. And so we're trying to eat healthy right now. And it takes time. You need to wake up earlier to make food or prep the night before. It takes time, right? And this really comes to play even with our spiritual food. We can't, just because we're busy, we can't skim through the word and be like, all right, I read chapter one of John. But you don't get the meat of it. You don't let it seep, seep into you, right? You, you come into God's presence, but it's like five minutes later, you're ADD mode. And you're like, I'm in a rush, God. You need to take time when reading the word. And this is something I'm speaking to myself. Like God's been cultivating this within me. Tina, sit, stay still, slow down, clean, you know, your mind and concentrate on me. Concentrate on me. Chew on my word. You need to chew at least 20 times to really like me. You need to chew 20 times at least. You can't, I know some people chew like five times and just gulp it down. You need to chew it a lot in order for your body to fully get the nutrients and for it to digest in a very healthy way. And this goes for the word of God. We need to chew it and make it our own. Amen. So slow down, slow down, receive the revelation from God. You can't receive revelation. Like, I mean, maybe some people really fast, but most people you need to spend time in God's presence, saturate yourself. Like Stephen Bolchamp said, remember? He said he walks into his anointing because he saturates himself in the word of God. He saturates himself in God's presence. Then that means he's, he's in it. It's his, right? And it's, it's already given him the nutrients, right? And for us, we need to do the same. We need to saturate ourselves in the word of God. We need to just slow down. People, slow And when I was thinking about the whole numbness thing, actually, for me, spiritually, this past season was numb. It was numb. And I'm just, is it okay if I get somewhat vulnerable with you guys? Somewhat? Okay. It's funny because I'm, for those of you that go to New Philly, we have this personality thing, and I'm a phlegmatic. And so naturally, for me, I easily forget the bad, which is a grace. I easily forget the bad, but this season I was forgetting the good. There's a problem with that. I was forgetting the good. And I was doing ministry because that's something I love. I know it's my calling. I know it, right? And I was excited for just what God had in store for Maze. I was so excited for my students. But then I failed to recognize that God was excited for me, too. And... It was easy for me to shift. It was easy for me to just, you know, run with it. But because of my inconsistency, because I didn't fully really spend time with the Lord in, in a consistent way, I was always on a rush. I was always on the go, right? Because of that, I grew numb. I had no strength, 
I had no strength. I wasn't really excited. And naturally, flags aren't like, ah, all the time. We're just like, all the time. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just like, and then maybe a smile, and you're just like, yeah, right? Um, but I wasn't really excited. Um, and it's, it's crazy because as your hunger, uh, as you starve more, you know how like there's a point where you're really hungry, but then after you pass that per- certain point, you just don't get hungry again. So I hit that point. I hit that point of numbness where I was like, I'm excited, Lord, but I can't feel a thing. And I knew he was the source of my strength. He was the source because I, this past season, there were so many moments where I would be talking with people and I'm like, I feel nothing. I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel nothing. I'm excited for what God's doing, but I feel nothing. But it's, it's, it's proof. God, what he was speaking to me is he's like, Tina, it's because you need to spend time with me. You need to spend time with me. I will be your source of strength. I will be your source of joy. Just spend time with me. Before we do ministry and give to others, we need to be filled first. We must be healthy first as a house. God is interested in your health. In your walk, he desires to spend time with you and to have a personal relationship with you. You must abide in him. Trust him. So by fulfilling your calling to fellowship with our Father in heaven, no amount of activity, no matter how good and how godly, can replace your time with God. Mine wasn't necessarily ungodly. Mine was godly desires. It was ministry. But God was like, before that, my first focus is on you. It's on you as my daughter. So slow down and get nourished. And slowing down, like I said, takes patience and it takes faith. But the results will always benefit you. And this brings me to my second point. Slow down and be fruitful. So in verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So this verse is saying that as we continue to have fellowship, our personal relationship with Jesus, this fellowship is the source of continual fruit. So fruitfulness is also a result of us abiding in Jesus. So let's go back to the beginning of why we do all of what we do. It really is because of him, right? So our spiritual effectiveness is linked to our continuous relationship with Jesus. And everything is done through him. So stop trying to be a branch that wants to make fruit because you can't. You need to be nourished and by the uh, the vein, by the vine, and then you will bear fruit. Okay. And so slow down, give yourself time to be nourished by spending time with the Lord, and as a result, fruitfulness will follow. And I was thinking, you know, I was reading um, about even just thinking about Jesus's ministry, and Jesus is never in a hurry. He's always really slow. He's walking. I'm sure he ran for certain things when even like in the temple when they were selling things, the pigeons and stuff, like that's when he got angry and, you know, turned tables and stuff. But Jesus usually just walked, right? And he was really never in a hurry. And for us too, we're called to, to go on this walk with God, not run with him everywhere, right? 
And Jesus was never anxious. He was never impatient. Um, others were comforted by him. He was the one that brought us peace. He was the one um, that brought us joy. And fruitfulness overflowed. Jesus was a fruitful. His ministry was fruitful. So fruitful, but it was out of that place of overflow. And in John 14, 6, Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And it is through him that we can have access to the Father. And in Matthew eleven twenty to 30, Jesus basically invites us to just find rest in him. So when we don't slow down the pace of our lives, we fail, uh, we fail to recognize what God is doing in our midst. Instead, we get more and more anxious and stressed out. Uh, as a result, you get overwhelmed and then in- impatient, not loving, and then mean. You just get mean. You don't get loving, all right? And so when you, you could tell, because for me, actually, a couple days ago, no, no, yesterday, I went to the Yonsei Fellowship meeting, and um, this, yeah, the pastor there, he's, he, he's great. Um, but we were just sharing testimonies about, about what God was doing at Yonsei and especially through Emmaus. And he just looked at me and I was just sharing, yeah, like, you know, God's been doing a lot of cool things and it's been um, really fun. Definitely not easy, but really fun. And he's like, yeah, like you always smile, but this time around, like, you're, you, you didn't look really that happy. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that was the case at all. Because I was smiling all the time. But then even that, like, it really overflows if you're not fully in that place of overflowing in joy. People could catch it. People could catch your impatience. You make them impatient. (laughs) So when you slow down, right, and recognize that you're affecting not just yourself, but you're affecting other people, okay, then you'll just start to slow down. Jesus knew he affected other people. Jesus affected so many people. He blessed so many, and people were comforted by him. People that needed to be comforted by him, right, were comforted. And so we need to also slow down and choose love and just choose to bless. And I was just thinking another time when um, Jesus was, you know how Jairus, Jairus Jairus' daughter was sick and Jesus was on the way? to heal Jairus' daughter. But on the way there, uh, the, blood, the woman with the blood issue interrupted him, right? And so if Jesus was multitasking, and he's like, all right, I'm going to heal you, but I'm also going to heal that girl and not go to her. I'm just going to heal her at once. It's not as powerful. The miracle is not as powerful. The fruit of what happened wasn't as, it wouldn't be as powerful. Jesus took his sweet time. The woman interrupted. He stopped and said, who touched me? He stopped and said, who touched me? Okay, and and the lady she came and said I, I did, and he took his time to heal her, to bless her. I'm sure Jairus was like mad and patient at that moment, and he was like, "Do you know my daughter's dying?" And actually, she did, right? But then, <laughs> oh, but then Jesus knew that he was going to heal her anyways, right? Jesus knew. And so he went to her and said, everybody be quiet, get out, because they were laughing and didn't believe him, right? Not full of faith. Um, and she, she, she stood and she lived. She woke up from her sleep, right? And so <laughs> what I'm saying is Jesus took his time and his fruit was that much bigger, okay? If he multitasked, tasked, if he multitasked, 
Hey, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't think it would have been that amazing. It wouldn't have blessed so many more people. It would have been done in secret, and I'm sure his family but would have known that it was Jesus, but so many people were affected by Jesus taking his time. And so this will also be, you know, thinking about our Sabbath goals, our personal Sabbath goals, right? Let's just think about doing one thing at a time. It's so easy for us to be so overwhelmed with so many things we need to do and so many things we want to do that we just end up doing like everything, like a little bit of everything, and then you end up doing nothing. Like that was my poor habit over and over. I'm so, I love writing a to-do list. That's like my thing. So I'll, I'll plan a to-do list and I'll write everything I want to do for the Sabbath season. I'll write it for every month. I'll just write the same thing every month, right? And then so I could cross it out and I was like, every year I was like, Oh no, oh no. I just never did it because I'll do a little bit of everything, but in the end, I didn't accomplish anything. So I'm saying for us, if we want to be fruitful, a lot of times we think multitasking and ministering to a billion people and doing a bunch of things and uh, doing, you know, work and all these things will be more fruitful. But really, let's, this Sabbath season, let's really think about doing things one at a time and doing it well and actually finishing it. And it's from there that we will see the supernatural fruit. God is the one that's going to do. God is going, the one that's going to bear the fruit. It's not us. So we just need to trust God and take it slow. Take it slow. You know, even in your relationships, Sabbath season. I know a lot of people there. One of their Sabbath goals is to build relationships and be intentional. Like in Mayor staff, it's like let's be intentional with people out of staff. And let's make friends. <laughs> okay, like there's like that desire of wanting to be intentional of using time to spend with other people, like other brothers and sisters of the house, right? But even that, let's do it one at a time. Even building rela- like relationships, be intentional. Be intentional. So I was reading this article, right, uh, in the Time magazine. It was the business section. Um, and it says, the title was, Don't Multitask, Your Brain Will Thank You. Your brain will thank you. And the, basically the article summarizes that multitasking is not, humans can't handle it. Our brains can't handle multitasking. Our minds can't handle it, right? So it's actually worse um, to multitask and it has a long-term harmful effect on you when you multitask. And some people, like, they'll be like, well, I'm really good at multitasking. Some people may say that, but in the end, actually multitasking is really not beneficial for anyone. So slow down. Think about your health, both spiritual and um, physical. And I was just continuing with the multitasking thing. He was saying, um, I'm just going to read this, okay? The article goes on talking about how multitasking is a weakness, not a strength. In 2010, a study by neuroscientists at the French Medical Research Agency, INSERM, showed that when people focus on two tasks simultaneously, each side of the brain tackles a different task. This suggests a two-task limit on what the human brain can handle. Taking on more tasks increases the likelihood of errors. So Nas suggests what he calls the 20-minute rule. Rather than switching tasks from minute to minute, dedicate a 20-minute chunk of time to a single task, then switch to the next one. So maybe the 20-minute is something you may not be, you may not, you know, do. But the gist of it is saying, do things one at a time because you'll accomplish more through it. So we are called to be a people of overflow, right? So in order to do that, let's just trust in God and do things one at a time and let him do the overflow. 
in our lives. The overflow of joy, peace, patience, and more. A lot of times we, we're, God, we're saying, God, I want to be more and more like Christ. And I want to be someone of patience. I want to be someone of, of joy. I want to be someone of peace. But that comes in our place when we spend time with him. When we come to that place of just enjoying his presence. And so let the amazing fruit bloom or bear. Anyways, let the amazing fruit come out on its own, right? And let's just trust in God. Let's just trust in him and spend time with him. Be nourished by him. And so this brings me to my final point. Um, slow down knowing that he is responsible for you. He is responsible for you. He is, not you. So this has been something that God has been speaking to me from the uh, recently, actually. After the churchwide retreat, he's been speaking this to me over and over again. Um, saying he's responsible for me. And it says in the end of verse 5 that apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. So that means with Jesus, we can do anything, right? Then let's just trust that God is responsible for us. For us. Yeah. And I was talking about the churchwide retreat, right? And at the retreat, a lot of the staff, actually, there was a lot of work to do. We were running around a lot. Right, and so we're just like running around, and blah, 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 blah. and then, so the word we received was that staff will also receive. Staff will also receive, and I was like holding on to that word, and in the natural, I'm like, why are we running around like this? But naturally, because I'm a workaholic, and I like to serve, that's my love language is acts of service, and I'm doing something for the ministry for my calling. I'm like, of course I would be doing this. So I shifted out of it, and I was like, all right, let's let's just do this thing, right? And it was crazy because God was like, yeah, that, that's good, Tina. That is good. I like your heart. Good. But he was like, nah, but you don't get it. The word that you receive, that staff are going to receive, you guys are going to receive. And I had to really take that. I had to swallow it and be like, okay, all right, what does that mean, God? What does that mean? He's like, you're going to receive. And I was okay. And so there was other revelation, like other things I learned, but one thing is like every service towards the end of the fi- end, end of the altar call or the end of service, we would just go to the back. And there were times where I would just go and worship in the back for like the last 10 minutes, right? And I got messed up. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody came to me and be like Tina or anything. Like even the altar call was almost ending. And I was standing in the back worshiping the Lord. And he just, you know, like sometimes people fall to their knees secretly i sort of judged them okay because i'm like why are they trying to be a holy and stuff right i was like i don't get it like why are you falling to your knees you don't have to right but then for me i was like i i god was like i i i got convicted because i felt like someone went like this to my knees and i just fell and i fell to my knees and i was bawling like ugly cry bawling and when i cry my blood veins burst okay so my eyes all here was red. Like, everything was red, right? And the last time, I was just bawling. And this happened to me every night in the back. And there were certain altar calls where we actually, we got to um, take part in. And then, too, like, I was getting messed up. Like, messed up. Like, screaming my head off. Like, falling, shaking. Like, just crazy person, okay? And, and I was sitting there, but one, there was just one phrase that God was whispering to me. And he was just like, Tina, 
I am responsible for you. For you. For you, Tina. And I, my heart just, like, it, it just broke. Because I was like, God. He's like, it's not the ministry. It's I'm responsible for you. As a person. And I was like, God. This was something that he was trying to teach me from the beginning of this year. God was telling me this year is going to be a year of relationship. And immediately I felt like it was a year of relationship with people. Because that's how it started for me. So I was like, okay, God, it's with people. And and I'm sure it was. But what he revealed to me was it was actually with him. And I was talking with Pastor Aaron and Rona one time last week at our at our office during lunch hours. And we're just sharing how we were doing. And I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm numb. I felt numb. I just felt super numb towards everything. And and it wasn't um I I was sort of yeah, I, I was numb because I knew that I was drained, but because I'm a flag and I'm really stubborn sometimes, I'm like I don't want to admit that I'm drained because I know that's not where I'm supposed to be. I don't want to admit that I'm not okay. I don't want to admit that um it was hard, right? And so then I was just like, but at that moment, I was like, yeah, Tina, it was, you were a drain because you needed to be in my presence, to be in my presence. And it's, I'm not saying that we weren't, I'm not saying I wasn't, but like really to be saturated in his presence, to be in relationship with him and me as his daughter, not just as even the idea of like, you know, cause we we're sons. And so the whole workers mentality too, I was like, I did not want to admit that I was in workers mentality because that's my natural tendency is to work, right? My natural tendency is to just, just do my best at everything. Right. And God was like, I'm going to take that away from you. Make you feel like I, you're not going to feel anything and make it clear that it's you that I'm in love with. It's you that I care for. And it, when, when we were talking with Pastor Erin, she was basically saying, um, Tina, there was a season where you were learning to be a sheep. Sheep without a shepherd. So I was learning to be shepherded. And as, as I was here longer and longer and longer, um, and God was doing work within me, he also taught me how to play the role of a shepherd in our ministry and even serving as staff and all these things. And there was a season of that. And at that moment, because I naturally work, I turned, I forgot what it was to be a sheep. Pastor was just like, you forgot what it was to be a sheep, to be shepherded, to stay, to be balanced, to be balanced. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that, that I wasn't being balanced, right? And I was so consumed with work, 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 run, 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 run. I forgot to slow down and just hear God's voice. God calling me and saying, Tina, I am responsible for you. I'm responsible for you. And, and one cool thing is God always, when he does that, he speaks to me in Korean. (laughs) And he'll just be like, he'll just call my Korean name. He'll be like, hey, yeah. And I'll be like, nah. He's like, I am responsible for you. I am responsible for you. And then he'll keep on saying, Uritar, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. 
And a lot of times, like, he just wanted me to realize that. And I was so consumed with, what can I do for you now? What can I do for you now? He's like, no, 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 no. Just realize, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Slow down. And so this is something he's been teaching me, but I also feel like it's something that he's teaching us is to recognize that he's responsible for you and that he loves you. Not for what you do for his kingdom, but just for being you. So let's just slow down and breathe for once. Let's set our eyes upon the author and perfecter of our faith. Yeah, we are called to have fellowship with him. That's our calling. We may have different callings in ministry or in the business realm or different areas, but our ultimate calling is to be in fellowship with him. And it's, are the world may tell us otherwise. The world goes against everything that God is saying. To be in him, the world is saying work, right? It's going against everything of just being in, making God the center of our lives. Um, but for us, we have the spirit that dwells in us. So it's possible. It's possible to just be strengthened by him. To not be affected by the world. But to let the spirit be the one that gives us clarity and joy and everything that we need. And in Psalm 105.4, it says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continuously. It says it in the word, so let's obey it, right? Let's obey it. Um, so in this season, let's just be intentional in, in, in slowing down and abiding in his presence. And you may ask God, God, I want to be more and more like you. Spend more and more time with him in order to be more and more like a person. You just have to spend time with them. Let's pray. (laughs) Um, I just feel, uh, yeah, that this word is, is something, like I said, for this Sabbath season. Uh, The Sabbath season is not about, you know, stopping and just being lazy and not doing anything or on the vice versa, being super busy and not focusing on the Lord. This Sabbath season, let's slow down and let's first abide in him and let's let everything else overflow. And for me personally, God was saying, uh, I was so consumed with ministry. I was so consumed with things I needed to do. Um, and I was so overwhelmed that I became numb. But in his presence, he's the one that nourishes us and makes us not numb again. Um, but I also feel like there are some people here that um, may have been feeling the same way. May have been feeling... Uh, frustrated with themselves, numb, and didn't know why. Uh, And if that's you, I just want you to stand up and just quickly pray for you. Uh, God reminding you to spend time with him. Spend time with him. And I just want you to take this time and just come before the Lord and repent. Repent of not putting him first, of even putting ministry first, because that's not his heart. Let's just repent and say, God, um, 
I choose to, to trust in you, to abide in you. So I want us to take this time right now and just come before the Lord broken and, and just let him, let him speak to you. Let's pray.